Thanks for tuning in to the HR Uprising podcast. I'm your host, Lucinda Carney. The HR Uprising is focused on helping forward-thinking people professionals deliver real lasting value in their organisations. I'm a chartered psychologist, speaker and trainer, and recently authored the best-selling business book, How to Be a Change Superhero. My day job is founder and CEO of software and training business Actus. This gives me the opportunity to work with other businesses like yours. We are focused on building a better workplace for people wherever they are located with the help of our performance, learning and talent management software and our training and consultancy services. Every week on the podcast, I will be covering different topics and challenges, joined by relevant experts and real-life people professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope you enjoy and get value from this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's HR Uprising podcast. And this week I'm talking to Lauren Fitzpatrick-Shanks. And uh, this is not the first time we've spoken, Lauren, is it? But I was fascinated in um, Lauren's business because she's all about using psychology-based games, but not just using them for some sort of icebreaker in a light way. It's actually all about fostering more diversity in the environment. So Lauren, do you want to introduce yourself and give us a bit of your background story as to how you got into this space? Yes, so thank you so much for having me, Lucinda. It's always great to talk to you, so glad we get to do this again. Um, Yeah, so my name is Lauren, and my background's kind of interesting. So my trade and what I went to school for and got an education in is aerospace engineering. So you're like, how do you get aerospace engineering to psychology-based games that's focused on organizational development, right? It's kind of odd, but... um, I would say my values always lied in authenticity as well as legacy. So although I had this aerospace engineering degree and I worked for five of the largest Fortune 500 companies, um, as I was climbing that corporate ladder and trying to figure out where I'm going, I just for the audience sake, I am a black woman and I'm a millennial. So when I entered the corporate world, in aerospace engineering at these large companies, there was no one who looked like me. So creating those connections that go beyond just what's there at a surface level and go beyond talking about the weather and what we did over the weekend, you really have to create those foundations of trust to move through your career and to get to the places you wanna be. But even with that, with aerospace, it wasn't the passion and it didn't seem like my purpose. And so this combination of striving for a career that I would enjoy, so work didn't feel like work every day and a monotonous routine, but also something that I was very good at that aligned with my values, popped in this idea of Keep Wool, which stands for Keep Wondering Out Loud, which was focused on building relationships through play. And as we're children, how we learn best is through play. And even now there's lots of project-based learning schools that are coming up that are focused on experiential activities rather than just sitting still and have um, and being told, here's the information you need to know now, memorize it. What really instilled understanding and allows you to obtain or to retain information 
is through storytelling. And so that's kind of the, there's a longer story to it all, but those combination of things like trying to find my passion, my purpose, utilizing my engineering background and solving um, and problem solving skills, as well as trying to solve a problem that I had, which was building foundational relate um, building foundational relationships with coworkers so that we could support each other and be more productive and coexist in a happy environment are all what, and then as well as my values are all what led me to really create Keep Wool, which is based on psychology. So you kind of, so you kind of explained there that you were, I was just going to check, so you went in as an engineer, you've got an engineering background. Correct. Um, engineering and, I, and business, so I have an MBA as well. Right. And where did the psychology knowledge come from then? Yes. Yeah, so it wasn't really training in psychology for me as much as it was just I'm an avid conversationalist, um, having deep conversations with friends, seeing that some of this stuff was, hmm, this is really feeling more therapeutic. Like our conversations are feeling more therapeutic, but when creating the game, figuring out how do we make sure that we're not being pointed in our questioning and trying to guide someone to a specific answer, but making sure things are ambiguous that allows people to develop the direction they want to go in and get out the information they want to get out. So if you think about politicians, for example, they'll get a question and then they'll answer the question. When they're done answering it, you're like, they answered a completely different question than what I asked. Yes. Like they answered it for what message they wanted they to wanted say to yeah. across. Um, regardless of the question, we wanted to make sure that our questions were formulated in a way that people had the ability to do that without being flagged for saying, you're not answering the question, you're diverting, you're, you're trying to get around the question. Um, so for me, when I realized that conversation was a big piece of this and allowing people that space to authentically be themselves, that's when I reached out and to a friend who had a degree in psych in organizational development, who then um, introduced me to someone else who had a degree in psychology, who then introduced me to someone else who had a degree in organizational development, applied leadership and psychology, and all four of us came together to create these games that were built for the workplace and for organizational development. Right. So, right, my students, as you know, my background is learning and development and organisational <laughs> psychology. So I think that's probably why I thought it's such an interesting topic. Now, what I'm trying to get my head around is, um, so it sounds like a questioning game. So if you could, but it's not a, a sort of icebreaker as such, it's a bit deeper than that you're saying. And also from what you're saying there is you ask questions though that allow people to share what they want of themselves as opposed to putting them in a difficult position where they've got to be very pointed. Is that what you were saying? They're more open and, and ambiguous that people can interpret them in a positive way, unlike maybe a politician. Right. Yeah. So tell so, me how, how it might work. Put it, give, given I'm, I'm about to experience using your game, what would what would it feel like? Yeah. So let me explain Keep Wool a little further in depth. So Keep Wool is actually a game-centric talent development platform for teams that meets every employee where they are. So our platform uses a methodology that we call play, reflect, and grow. And with this, we use multiplayer web-based games. We have some AI technology and then end-to-end -end learning integration that's all combined to deeply understand employees while improving those soft skills, those interpersonal skills, 
building those inclusive teams that value diverse perspectives as well as diverse demographics, and then really revitalize a corporate culture to build that sense of belonging. And with this, our software, so our software suite, it proactively obtains those insights into how employees think and support their needs and what they will actually be keep them content in the jobs that they're doing and want to do. And with this, we then are collecting quantifiable data in areas that are super hard to measure typically because they're those intangible things like cultural intelligence, engagement, team dynamics, innovation, and job satisfaction. All of those are very intangible in the sense of how do we measure this? Like, yes, with engagement, we can measure that if people were in attendance, but how do we measure if people actually interested in their work, giving their all, um, feeling that sense of pride and value in what they're doing. And so we've created games that bring out these conversations. And let's talk more about the games. So these are live multiplayer web-based games. So don't think video game and don't think like playing Scrabble or Solitaire or not Scrabble, um, uh, words with friends or solitaire or something where you're individually doing something and then waiting for someone else to come back. More so think game night where you're sitting with a, a group of your friends or family and you're playing something together. And so if you can think game night, if you can think truth or dare and your truth where someone asks you a question and you're giving an answer, but now add on top of it points and penalties and ambiguity and what might be asked, the randomization of how many points you get, but then the voting on top of that, because with our questions, so we talked about them being psychology-based. So we have a library of psychology-based games. We have almost um, two dozen games in there that emphasize storytelling to really elevate that human experience by providing, by allowing players and participants to provide contextual details that um, really promote that sense of belonging, but also also heavily advance those interpersonal skills of listening and question asking and empathy and vulnerability and just emotions, right? And so with getting those emotions out, what we're really focused on is how open, honest, and vulnerable someone's being, how transparent are they being, and that's what we're voting on. So not right or wrong, because none of these answers to questions can be right or wrong, and not do I agree with you or don't I? Do I have the same experience? Because no one's experience is the same, that's all yours. So now you're voting your judgment because we're humans and we all judge. Your judgment's now on, are they being open? Are they being forthcoming and transparent? Are they being vulnerable? And then allowing there to be leniency in your voting to say, hey, we have this vote voting option of awesome answer. I have no, um, follow-up questions, I don't need any other information. Then we have this vote of, I need more information. Can you give me more information? After you give me more information, I still will probably give you full points or maybe I wasn't satisfied. I feel like you still were guarded and sheltered. So I'm gonna give half points. And then we have try again, which does play into that politician mode where it's like, hey, did you just flat out not answer the question? Or you know, did you divert? How about you try again? And it's basically giving us all accountability to have self-revelation um, and awareness to see like, hey, am I a person that is really trying to um, keep my guard up and go around things or, you know, skirt, skirt the 
the questions and the messaging that I'm trying to give out, or am I going to be open? And what we've seen with this is having the rules of the game, adding points and penalties, the ambig um, the ambiguity, the randomization, and everyone being involved, knowing that everyone's going to get a question, everyone's going to have to answer, everyone's going to get follow-up questions, and my goal is to get the most points, usually, or not usually, really does with gaming and competitiveness, lets people's guards down and allows them to get comfortable and share. So that's kind of the overview of the game portion of the platform. So that's, I, I mean, I can see how um, that whole concept of game make, almost makes it like family or friends. So that can make you become much more authentic or natural. So if you were, if I decided I was going to run this with a group of people, what would I say the purpose of the game is? Is that the purpose is to be as open and honest as possible and for people to judge you in that way? How would you position it? Yes. Yeah, so the how we look at the game and how we even um, just kind of position the game for when we're coming out is it's talent development and it's in a specific area. So our games are broken down into four major categories that can break down even further. So we have cultural intelligence. So it's really like that sense of belonging, that inclusion, getting to know people at the human level and how they show up in their personal life and how they show up in their work life. Then we also have games that are focused on team dynamics. So we have created a game for the forming, storming, norming, and performing phases of team development, as well as risk and opportunities, because that's a huge part of just any type of team dynamic is understanding who's risk averse, who's risk tolerant, why, why do each of these individuals or all these individuals have those different perspectives and how can we provide them with information to help them either feel more comfortable with taking a risk and change or how can we have those people that we need those initial evangelists um, that are on board with this new idea and this new direction we know who's most risk tolerant. And so we're able to, and we know how to approach them. The other two categories, we have leadership development, and then we also have professional development games. And so when coming into it, we look at it as talent development in a team building aspect, but that's not just like, hey, what's your personality type? Or let's go do an escape room and um, go to happy hour and just have a you know fun and not really get to anything deep we're like how do we combine a game where we're having the camaraderie we're having the engagement aspect we're having the fun aspect but then how do we combine the training the development part that learning and development part that's going to bring out the information the insights the the details that we need to build the most productive and a successful team while making sure we meet every employee where they are because the type of training, the type of information, the type of development, the type of coaching, the type of feedback is not the same from person to person. And so that's what Keep Wool really focuses on is understanding with context detail what each individual needs, but in 90, 90 minute sessions, that can be played bi-weekly or monthly, you know, monthly, quarterly. And so at a consistent time frame that makes sure we're exercising these skills, but also make sure that we're unfolding 
areas of development for the team as a whole, but also areas of development for us personally and what our goals are and how we can meet those and remain accountable. And so our platform helps with all of that. So if you were um, looking at, I understood the one about open and honesty. I'm just trying to think what sort of, what would, are all of them where you, you're getting to know someone's leadership traits or what they view themselves about, how they view themselves as a leader, uh, almost gaining like a 360 feedback, is it? as in you're getting sort of real-time feedback from others as to how it comes over. I'm trying to perceive, I understood your example, which was about being open and vulnerable and honest. I'm trying to mm-hmm. see what sort of questions would trigger insight into your team dynamics or your leadership skills. Absolutely. So I can give you some example mm-hmm. questions too and um, talk more about like, it's not so much feedback that you're getting from your teammates in these questions. So once again, the voting is open, honest, and vulnerable. So it's not like, well, I don't think you do that or you could do this better. It might be, here's the situation, here's the scenario, here's the story I'm telling you. Then people ask feedback on, well, during that, did you try this? Did you do that? What direct, like, did you consider this direction? So it's more open-ended questions. So someone could say, no, I didn't, but that's a good idea. So it's like, hey, that's some information that I can keep in my back pocket for the next time this type of scenario comes up. Or someone might say, you know what, I had a similar situation. In that situation, I did X, Y, and Z. I'm wondering, did you consider this? So in their follow-up question, they're kind of saying, here's a suggestion of something I tried. Did you consider it? But it's not so much of here's some feedback, but more so like here's some different ways of thinking and perception. And so one of our games is actually called perception. And so one of the questions that might come from this is, how do you handle conflict? What are some techniques that work best for you? And so you see that that it's kind of open. It's like, how do I handle conflict in my work life? How do I handle conflict in my personal life? How do I handle conflict with like my friends and close family? But how do I handle conflict with someone who's an associate or something? I just there's so many directions it could go in. And when someone's answering it, they might say they might give a very generic answer. This is a question that often gets a lot of follow-up questions from people because they'll state, Well, can you give us a scenario? Like give us an actual real life example of how you incorporated your your response to conflict in the way you just said. And we do this so that people don't give caged answers Mm -hmm. that are what they think others want to hear, but not in actuality what you actually do. And so with Keep Wool, we allow that, like, let's open it up to how you handle conflict. And then a follow-up question would be, well, can you give an example of how that worked and how you grew or how you learned from that? So the follow-up questions come in that nature. So it's not so much of a feedback but of a, let me really understand this person so that if this situation happens, I'm not gonna be caught off guard of them handling conflict in this way because we know that this is the story, this is the path and journey that got them to that. So you're not taking it personally, Mm -hmm. you're not offended by any of it because you now know you have contextual background of situations and how they approach them. So you can, I can, yes, I can definitely see how if people fully engage with it, you would become much closer, and it's facilitating conversations that people may not have. And actually, right now with with COVID and people working remotely, 
people are probably having even less of that kind of conversation because they're not seeing each other face to face and not having a coffee where you might or a beer where you might stray into like real conversations. It's all quite transactional. So I can definitely see how that would help. But I wonder whether not whether everybody's ready to engage with it or it almost feels like it needs a facilitator to get people to buy into it. Do you ever find that some people won't won't buy in or are there certain tricks of the trade that you've got to kind of make it work for everybody? So absolutely. So with Keep Wool in our platform in general, because um, I only talked about the play part, but there's the reflect and the grow and I can talk about that in a bit. But um, with our platform, a facilitator, a certified facilitator is required. And so for us, we have a um, software as a service platform. With it, you get facilitators, but what we do is we have a train the trainer model. So you have the option to send people to us, we will train them and we facilitate uh, and we'll facilitate the trainer, give them their certification, they're off to the races to facilitate in their org. Or we have the option where you send us trainers. So maybe someone from your talent development organization, you send a few of those representatives, we train them as trainers, and then they're able to train others within their organization. So you can have as many as one facilitator in your organization, or you could have hundreds of facilitators within your organization and you're training them. So we have those two different models. Okay. And in that we do teach your techniques. We teach um, your tips for how to handle um, silence that's happening. Because if you think about this, this is like, it's like truth or dare. It's like a flash of a question. It um, reveals itself to to you of here's the question, here's the category, what direction are you gonna go and answer this? And we're training our trainers to come up with their own, like, are you going to help them with the direction? Like, okay, with this, with the question that I just gave as an example, like, how do you handle conflict? I'm filling the dead airspace with, you can think about this from a personal perspective, from a, from a professional perspective, from dealing with your close friend, like how I had said before. And so in that 30 to 60 seconds of me, like, saying all these, I'm helping you trigger your thoughts, some different scenarios that might come to mind and things like that. So we teach techniques from that. We also, our technique and our methodology for facilitation is, um, is called our people three C's, curiosity, courage, and connection. And so you're coming with the curiosity, being able to ask those, think on your toes, ask those follow-up questions, interpret questions in different ways and give suggestions. You're also having the courage to maybe as you're filling that dead air, give an example of how you'd answer a question so someone can feel more comfortable. And then building connections by having yourself be vulnerable in that situation so others recognize that they can be vulnerable. And then after someone asks the question, it's the responsibility of the facilitator if others have not come up with follow-up questions to ask, to have a follow-up question in mind to help others say, oh, okay, here's the boundary conditions. I can ask that. Like I was thinking that, but I wasn't so sure. So we're there to really guide until people get comfortable and, and which takes a round or two to then step, to be able to step back and just kind of be there to only fill air when we need to. So there's full certification um, from that perspective to get everyone dialed in. Now from the your second part of your question, which you asked, is it for everyone? Does everyone feel comfortable? What we have realized is who love this most are introverts. And um, so it allows them the space to speak 
when they were not, when they typically don't have it because yeah. it's their dedicated time to answer their questions. And then how our platform is set up, it's not a, hey, speak and ask your follow-up question just at will. It's a voting and saying, I need more information, I have a follow-up question. And the facilitator is seeing when those votes come in and then calling on the person as the votes come in. So and a person who typically is doesn't like to speak over people and things like that doesn't have to insert themselves and speak speak over people. They just have to click a button and a facilitator is going to say, hey, you have a follow up. Like, Lucinda has a follow up question. What's your follow up question? So you're not competing for airtime. But extroverts love it because they love airtime and they love to <laughs> express yeah, totally themselves. Cool. So, yes. <laughs> now, I can definitely see. And I guess what you're describing there, you could do it. Um, virt- completely virtually so it'd be really useful for virtual teams getting to know each other mm-hmm. um, I could see that would be really quite powerful uh, but you can presumably do it face to face as well if you are in an yes, environment. Yes we have optimized it so you can do it in any scenario of virtual face to face or a hybrid of the two. And when we started talking about this you were saying it's, it's about diversity um, it's not necessarily about a classic diversity in the way we're talking about gender diversity or racial diversity or anything like that. We're talking about actually just seeing everybody as individuals and, and understanding them as individuals, um, which is, Diver- is ultimate diversity, I guess. Diversity at its true core. So the diver- the diversity of knowing that two people, even if they're identical twins put on this earth, are not the same. Hmm. I think it's fascinating. So in terms of your, uh, when we spoke before, did you tell me you do, uh, if everyone's listening to this, obviously Lauren's over in the States and you'll tell me a bit about who you're working with. Um, But uh, if we're interested, I think you said you do online monthly examples. People can go and take part in one. Is that right? Just tell us a little bit about that in case anyone wants to go and check it out. Absolutely. So we've actually had um, some people from the UK participate and so our session so we've had some who have participated in the wee hours of their morning because (laughs) of our session times and things but we have had um an abundance so that's another thing about it is we're all people we um our games we really try and make sure now obviously there's some instances where it's americanized and you know we'll, we'll do some explaining or explain but we try to keep slang out of what we're using so it could be more universal Um, And then we try to make it's organizational development. And so we're looking at these companies that we work with are global companies. And so we're creating games that can be used across um, across the all countries and all um, destinations, I guess I should say. And so we have these complimentary sessions that we typically do monthly. Um, Right now, we've been very much swamped with new developments and um, a bunch of new customers, influx of new customers, but we will be starting these up again in the June, July timeframe. And so we have them monthly or bi-month or twice a month as well. And you're able to sign up and you basically will come. You'll be immersed with a group of people you don't know unless you bring a friend or colleague with you. And you're able to really experience um, Keep Wool without any conditions attached to it. So you just come, you play a game, and then you go from there. And what we've noticed, and this is actually what we do for every one of our clients that request it, because some clients are like, nope, I'm sold off your pitch. Like, just come and do an event for us um, because we have our two different options. So we have done for you events, and then we have a do-yourself subscription model. So we're working with these 
big organizations that are using our SaaS platform. They're also creating their own games utilizing our methodology. So they're able to do specific training to what they're doing, but in this question answer format that lacks direct judgment of right and wrong. And so it really allows people to let their guards down. Um, and so we have that, but you're uh, with everyone and with all of our demos and with speaking to our customers, we always give them a sample game so they can really experience the magic of what it is because it sounds so simple. Like you're answering a question, you're getting, but then you you see and you hear some of the questions you're like, well, some people might be reluctant and it's not until you experience it that you're like, oh, this is why people aren't reluctant. It's because we all are on even playing fields, like regardless of what your title in the world is or what have you, we're all here to showcase that it's difficult to be vulnerable, but there's so much value in it and that people appreciate it. And that's when the reflect part of our process or play, reflect, grow, that's when the reflect part comes in and then feeds into the grow part. Yeah. And I, I I can see that very much in terms of just getting people that, that sense of belonging. If you look about engagement, if people feel safe to have shared information about themselves and that's been valued and respected, then they're going to feel more of a sense of belonging as part of that team, part of the organisation. So I can see that. So it, and, and it's not that easy to, 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 you can't rush it. It's, it's quite, what you're talking about here is something which you're, by the sound it facilitates that within a 90 minute game. So it's a safe way in which you, you do it, which you wouldn't, like you say, get necessarily from an escape room or something that's just pure fun. So I'm interested. And one of the things that just struck me then when you're talking about companies that are doing it for themselves. So if businesses are trying to bring to life their company values, for example, someone's asked me about that as a topic for a podcast just recently and yeah there's various things you can think about doing we have talked about doing 360 feedback and defining that but I imagine you might be able to use something like would you perhaps have questions like you know what does this value x mean to you or to what extent do you see that you are living this value are there those sort of things where people are customizing it Yes. So we have games that actually play into that. Like, what are your values? What do you need? Especially with our forming game. So you do 360 review. In a lot of cases, teams get put together. You have project teams and things, and then you just get to work and you're like, what's your role? What are you going to do? What's going to happen? And you don't have that conversation of what's everyone's expectation? What's the outcome we want to see? And then how are we gonna to get to that outcome? What a previous experience did I have in a team that I didn't appreciate? What do I need to be, and what does each individual need to be most motivated and how do they like to be recognized? Because we all like mm -hmm. to be recognized in different ways. And so that game in particular really focuses on the new development. And we've used this with teams that have been together for a year, but they're like, you know what? We needed this because we didn't have that foundation. They're still informing. They're perhaps not gone beyond. And and how would you score? I, I don't understand. How, I mean, I can I can see all those questions are great questions to ask, and I would suggest them if we were talking about building a team that you should have those conversations. How do people? How do you turn that into a game though? Or how do people get scored for it? Yes, and so all of our questions have. All of them are either 20 points, 50, uh, 20 points, 50 points, or 100 points. And those points for our team, we were like, hey, we're scoring these based on how difficult the question is to us. So our perception and how quickly we could come up with an answer or what we would think. 
But in a lot of cases, when it's playing, people are like, this is a 20 point question, but I feel like I just gave a hundred point answer. And so we've added bonus points to it. So you can think of the points for the questions being arbitrary, um, but then there's bonus points here. So there's people who take a 20 point question and they're competitive. And so this also adds to the competitiveness and they're like, I want this 20 point question to end in me getting hundreds of points because now you either get all or nothing for the question value. So you can only get 20 points from that, but you can get bonus points of 10, 50 or 100 from every person that's playing. So if you have eight people playing, like nine people playing and you're the one answering, you could potentially get 800 bonus points from everyone else. And so that's what you're striving for that really gets you like, hey, even though I got this 20 point question, I want to make sure that I give the best answer I can and um, and I answer these follow-up questions so that I can get those bonus points for my fellow teammates. And so once we added the bonus points, because initially we did not have that, the competitiveness really came out, but also the, the realness of people really came yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Because they were like, I know everyone else try and get these bonus points too. I need to come with my best on uh, in my in my most, you know, transparent answer to really get people to know me. And there's so many there's instances where people have been working together for a decade and they're like, I would have never known, would have never guessed. I always handled these different situations with you in this manner and you never said anything, but now I know and I'm about to change how we approach these situations. So really with the game, like how we turn this into a game is we took truth truth or dare, the truth part, and we turned it into let's give points. Okay, let's yeah. give bonus points. Okay, let's give voting so that if someone chooses not to answer something, a penalty can be given. So we keep things light, you know, so you're not forcing someone to answer something they don't want to answer, but we're also not looking at them as saying, oh, they're not being a team player. They didn't answer. Like they still did something else. And so we were able to combine a lot of different things from games and go beyond gamification where you're just getting badges and you're opening up a new level to really deep experiential, like, diving in of saying I want more I want more and so for some people it's really about I want more points I want to give as good an answer to get more points and for others it's I'm actually enjoying this conversation yeah I want to find out what really makes that yeah. person tick I definitely think this is this is probably I don't know whether it's not for everybody it's definitely something that I would find very interesting though I, I love the concept of it Lauren um and yes I can I could see when I've been running leadership development programs or otherwise it's a really fresh uh, way of getting people to be genuine and open and I could see the uses of it in many ways virtually etc um, and this is your business so you set yeah. it up so you know it sounds really really exciting in terms of this it, the website if you want to go to is I've just put keep wall which is we'll put this links in the show note which is um, keep k-w-e-p wall dot com, and that looks like where people can sign up and find more information about what it is that you're doing yeah, and I'd love to tell you really quickly about the other parts of it because, you know, the, the initial part is the game, but we have these assessments, which are a reflect part. And so after each game, participants take an assessment and 
their assessment is based off how this game affected them personally, professionally, and as a group. So every single game that we make and even the process that we give for others to be able to create the game still feeds into these 22 questions that enable them to get an impact assessment on how it affected them in those three categories. These then map back to those five pillar areas that I spoke to before, which are cultural intelligence, team dynamics, engagement, job satisfaction, innovation. And it allows you to see the progress, not only for that specific game that was played, so the impact across the team for that game, but also across an organization and over time. And we can um, filter it out to industry too. So if it's healthcare industry, if it's tech, et cetera. And then in that reflection assessment, it also asks a couple of open-ended questions. And one is uh, your goals. So your personal goals and development areas. So what did this conversation, this game bring out? What, what enlightenment, what epiphany, what areas do you wanna further explore and develop in? And then we also have one about the group. So what do you think the group should further explore and develop in? And then from that, we actually use natural language processing, which is a form of AI technology. And we use the gameplay outcomes and those open-ended questions and goals to deliver smart educational content based on each user specific each user's specific goals and delivering them content in their preferred learning style so some people like to learn via video some people like podcasts so like this podcast some people like um books but others like short articles and so even if they have the same type of goal but they have different preference learning styles they're going to get personalized smart content to their specific goal in their preferred learning style. And that's where you, you close the loop, making it much more than a, an icebreaker or just an experience. It's about turning into something yeah. which has got specific development content and also potentially, I guess, demonstrate a return on investment at an organizational level against your criteria. So Exactly. Great, great, brilliant. Um, Lauren, how can people get hold of you if they want to get in touch? I've, I've said where your website is. I guess they can reach yeah. out to you on LinkedIn, can they? Yes, yeah, so you can reach out to me on LinkedIn at Lauren Fitzpatrick um, Shanks is my LinkedIn handle. Uh, my website's laurenfitzpatrickshanks.com. And then of course, keepwool.com. We're also on Instagram with play um, keepwool and on Twitter at play keepwool. So on all Plenty of places. We'll get all those links on there. It's uh, a fascinating topic, um, Lauren. Really, congratulations building such an exciting business. Um, and wish you loads and loads of success. And it's been lovely to catch up with you again. So thank you so much for coming on the HR Uprising podcast. Thank you, Lucinda. I had a great time. I really hope you found this week's episode useful and enjoyable. If you did, perhaps you could recommend us to a friend or colleague or give us a review on your platform of choice. It really helps new listeners to find us. Now you can access links to any of the information mentioned in this show via the website www.hruprising.com. Further free resources are also available at www.actus.co.uk. There you can also find out more about our software and training solutions. Finally, why not join our LinkedIn group, The HR Uprising, to share ideas and collaborate with other like-minded people professionals. Thank you for listening to The HR Uprising podcast.